Hey everyone, I'm Christine Kane. You know, over the course of my ministry life, I have been asked literally thousands of times around the world if I can mentor women so that they can grow and they can discover their God-given purpose and potential and flourish in life and ministry. So I've committed this season of my life to setting up a program to really help to mentor, train, equip and mobilize women into their God-given purpose and potential. Now, my friend Tara Beth Leach and I have rallied trusted leaders and coaches from every sphere of life to develop a life-changing Propel Women cohort experience for you. You know, I can't tell you how pumped up I am with the stories that I get of transformation that happens when women have gone through this cohort experience. It is absolutely astounding to see and hear all that God is doing in their lives. So I'd love to have you join us for the next round of Propel Women cohorts, and it's starting really soon. So whether you are in ministry or whether you're a professional woman or a businesswoman or a pastor's wife, why don't you consider joining our next round of cohorts at propelwomen.org cohorts. Hi, friends. I'm Chris Kane, and you're listening to the Propel Women Life and Leadership Podcast, where we share faith-fueled stories from leaders all over the globe to help you fulfill your God-given purpose. I am so glad that you're joining us today. Let's dive in. So to kick off the Propel Women podcast, I could not start with anyone else, but one of my best friends truly on the planet and the woman that has been with me on our whole 10-year journey. Of course, I've got a very formal bio but I'm not going to read the formal bio because right here you have my heart friend. You know, when someone has been with you in all your highs, which can I tell you, there's not a lot of people that can be with you in your highs and all your lows and still do life with you. It's a pretty powerful thing. So I wanted to kick off this whole podcast and there is going to be such diversity of voices and women and leaders and vocations and everything that Propel has been. It took us a decade to launch a podcast because there's a great deep bench. But when I was thinking about where I want to launch it and how is that I think even just in Lisa and my friendship, which we've done the yards and have birthed things together, we have laughed together, we have cried together, we have dreamed together. And, you know, I say that very seriously as a leader, just even as an older woman, as you go through life and do different seasons, to have someone that can do life with you. There are some people that can only be with you when things are going great um, and lots of fun and don't know what to do when things are going bad. There's other people that can be with you when things are not going great. But, you know, very few people can do both and can allow you time to grow and keep developing and celebrate and applaud you in that. And so to have Lisa as one of my heart friends that's able to do that and then one of the first people, literally on my speed dial that in my literal darkest, most difficult failures and heartaches and pain, she has been there for me and continues to be. So that is a rare mix. So on that note, I think that pretty much sums up really what the Propel Woman is. And, you know, for those of you that know, and when you don't, she's about to become your BFF as well. And it's okay because her capacity for friendship is such that you can all be her best friend and she will love you all genuinely and authentically with that much passion. She's the most hilarious storyteller that I know. And I say that absolutely 100% truthfully. She really is. She's a theological scholar. It's 
it's awesome when, you know, I, I respect Lisa's capacity to open scripture. She's doing her doctorate right now. And she was always brilliant. She has gone to new levels of brilliance, I've got to tell you, since she's gone to Denver Seminary, but she's always been amazing. And a great friend. She's been very much the big sister, the aunt to some of you of Propel Women. You've seen her in all the conversation series at the Activate events. You know, she's just been there. So she's written numerous books, loads of Bible studies. I personally am going through her latest devotional on Jesus. It seems a bit weird saying her latest devotional on Jesus. One presupposes most devotionals should be about Jesus, but I'm doing that myself. And we have taught literally on every continent together. And um, Lisa continues to teach prolifically. She has my favorite niece on earth is my favorite niece is her daughter. So she's always going to have a special place in my heart. So Lisa, I better stop talking because I don't think I'm going to give anyone else quite this introduction, but then you've already made me cry. If I had any estrogen left in my body, it has all risen to the top. Oh, thank you. Well, hi, I just want, we're kicking this thing off. You and I have kicked so many things off together. I thought, okay. How could we not keep You know what I was together? thinking when you were saying that, Chris, and Rachel, you've seen this with Propel, what I think is such a gift from the Lord in our friendship and what we've seen with the women that we've gotten to run alongside with Propel is you can have close friendships with strong women that do not involve being threatened, being jealous. You have been so for me. I don't know that I have another friend who has celebrated quite as much as you've celebrated. And I think oftentimes there's this assumption that you get two strong women in the room and one of them's going to get their feelings hurt. And I'm like, no, you get two strong women who are running hard toward Jesus together. They're actually going to be more effective because of that relationship. And I think what you have modeled with Propel, your generosity with giving other voices amplification, I think that's as significant as literally your content. I love... You know what you just said about two strong women running towards Jesus being the key. We could do probably a whole series just on that because, you know, I'm remembering, I I think I went to a place and there was a few women and all of them very accomplished Mm -hmm. in what they were doing. I remember one of them that I would never have thought this would have come from her though, but she was like, you know, oh, it's very hard to get all accomplished women in the same place and for there not to be kind of jockeying or positioning. And I thought, oh no, right. we don't want to bring that to the table. As we celebrate women stepping into leadership roles in whatever sphere of influence they're in, I think one thing that could actually distinguish us in this hour and probably make sure we don't repeat some of the mistakes that we've seen that excessive competition has done to the leadership space right. is actually celebrate one another. And, actually, and, and I mm-hmm. think the key is when you said running towards Jesus, because the right. truth is, when Jesus is your focus, no one actually thinks what they're doing is that big a deal because no. he is the big deal. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I would so much rather play a team sport because on my bad day, when I pull a hamstring, when I trash my arm and Chris, you have to help me do my hair, which is you weren't here, which is why it looks like roadkill today. But when I am weak, I need a team around me, you know, not just when I've had the failure when I need people to pick up the corners of my mat, carry me to Jesus. But I mean, when something has happened that I can't quite run at full speed, but if I'm running with with a group of women, I can keep pace if they help, if they blow wind in my sails. If I'm doing it by myself, you get the whole Elijah complex. I would 10 times rather, if I'm ministering, I would 10 times rather minister with you. You know, Rachel, I cannot tell you, if I had a dollar for every person who said, 
you have to follow Chris Kang. Because you, she's one of the most prolific communicators on the planet, probably, you know, in all of mankind, all of humankind. Mm-hmm. And so people look at me like, oh, you poor thing. That's like wearing a miniskirt after Tina Turner. I mean, that's just sad. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Here's the cool thing. If I get on base, Chris will knock all of us around and I still get the World Series ring and I still get the $10,000 bonus because we're on the same team. And all too often, even in Christendom, we tend to think if I don't get the biggest piece of the pie, then, you know, I'm going to be left out. I'm like, no, our creator redeemer owns the bakery. If Chris wins, I win. If Propel wins, we all win. If a woman who is told that she couldn't go to seminary for whatever reason, the stream of churches she's in, gets to go to seminary and become more effective at sharing the gospel, that's a win for all of us not just women. It's a win for Christ followers. So I think the thing I have loved the most about getting older at 60 is going, wow, what I get to do now is block. If I block, there's people who can run faster than me and I can block so they can run further. But it's community is just imperative if you want to be an effective spiritual leader. Absolutely. So I've done all the conversation series, Mm. right, that you guys did because my first introduction to Propel was doing that curriculum. And I've, I've watched you guys uh, just laugh and banter in those series. And then, you know, coming on with Propel and Lisa just popping in randomly in one of those Ecclesia webinars. Like you guys are so, you are so supportive. You are so comical. It's, I mean, it's hysterical to watch you two together. It's a gift to all of us that you two celebrate each other. I'm wondering, as you guys have journeyed through ministry, there's no doubt in my mind that there have been opportunities or or even, you know, little like whisperings of like, hey, but aren't you worried? Hey, but aren't you concerned that if you do this, that her book is going to sell more or her conference is going to attract Rachel, more? her books that, always but- sell more. <laughs> no, always. Every time. <laughs> Let me jump in because I think what enables us to be as close as we are, those things are so secondary. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa. I can't remember us ever having a discussion about that ever. Like, because we are so Jesus focused though. Yeah. And Rachel, Chris is so gifted where I'm not. We are so similar in our passion for Christ. So our theology is pretty much a blueprint. We both believe the Bible's true from cover to cover. We're not cut and paste girls. But we're very different in our personalities. Chris is much more prophet. I'm much more shepherd. Yeah. I'm going to get in the weeds and I have concise is not my spiritual gift. Chris is Reader's Digest version. She's a powerful when it comes to proclamation. I'm a storyteller and sometimes I forget the ending. And so we have very, very different gifts, but they're complementary. But here's how our friendship started. By the grace of God, I was teaching at a conference. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Big arena event, I don't know, 10,000 women-ish. I'm teaching, and it was a center stage. So the stage is in the middle of the arena. And it was kind of high up. And I don't like teaching to a camera. It feels real disingenuous to me. So I'm always walking, trying to make eye contact. And this was a, a conference where they had every imaginable strain of the church. So there's women with banners dancing, and there's women who are doing liturgy. So really broad as far as the body of Christ, which I love. But women were, at this particular event, super demonstrative up front. 
And, you know, there's always this, seems like there's this demarcation between whoever has a microphone, which is always a donkey and a rock. That's how God does it, the weak and the foolish he uses, and the audience. Well, all of a sudden, there's this tiny, petite blonde who's like walking. The stage is like five feet in the air, so her head is at my feet. And she's going, that's right. That's right, mate. That's right. And I thought, who is this tiny blonde Barnabas? This is like epic. (laughs) Well, Chris literally does laps. No one else is doing this. Of course, she doesn't care. She's a leader, so she will charge where no one has gone before. She walks around the entire stage as I'm teaching, (laughs) affirming me, saying, that's right. That's right. And I thought, I don't know that I've ever had another sister in Christ be so public in her affirmation. And we had lunch that day and found out our hearts beat very similarly. I was just very far behind Chris because I've struggled with shame my whole life. So I had pressed some things down because I thought as a woman, uh, I, I just had some really wackadoodle theology that Chris was not, she didn't have the same shame issues that I had. And from that day, that was almost 15 years ago, I thought this, sorry, this is where all my estrogen will come out. I thought this is going to be a lifelong friend. I want Chris's books to sell like crazy. I buy cases because the way God pours through her is extraordinary. It's profound. So not only is there not, and I don't mean to sound cheesy, there's no competition with us because I think she hung the moon. We had an hour and you said, Lisa, who gets the most time? It's not that I'm so humble. It's that I've been blessed by her ministry. And I think if we have the freedom to go, like Chris said, it's not about me. This is about Jesus. How can we together amplify his name more effectively? It actually makes it more fun. So instead of feeling like, oh gosh, and instead of it pressing on our insecurity bruises, what it does is blow wind in sails that I didn't even know didn't have wind in them. I love that you say that, like even, you know, Rachel, Lisa didn't even know that I was doing her devotional. So it's it's, it's <laughs> a big thing. It's like, I'm just straight. I told her the other day on the phone, I'm going, I'm loving da-da-da this story. And she's like, what are you doing? Doing my devotional? But it's like, like why, so, so why are you doing some famous old dead guy? Why are you doing my devotional? No, there's like, <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's reciprocal and with great respect, but so you honor the gift. I don't know that you can truly be friends, not deep friends, if you can't recognize or honor a gift on someone else's life, because otherwise you're not really seeing them. If you're threatened by that gift, you're not really seeing Jesus. Right. So that's the deal. I mean, I was reading in Corinthians when Paul was was telling them, like, that is such an immature argument. Some are of Apollos, some are of Paul. So he goes, what are you talking about? Right. We are all servants of Christ. That's right. And there, there is only one Jesus and we are not him. And right. some water, you know, some sow, but it yeah. is God who gives the increase and it's his harvest. When you have that settled in your heart, you are wanting everyone to win because your measurement is not the same success performance indicators as the world, I would hope. Right, right. Your measurement is like, before we got on here, Rachel, you were listening to us. All we're talking about is where we've been and who has surrendered their life to That's Jesus. Right. We were not talking about anything else. And if we ever talk numbers, the only numbers we ever talk about is, oh, did you see how many people gave their life to yeah. Christ? And did you, I mean, yeah. that is what we talk about yeah. in our 15 years. And I don't know. So I think when you find your heart 
is in any way, and as a female, as a leader, we are as prone to this as anybody else. This is not a gender thing. Right. This is a sin thing. <laughs> Competition and comparison right. and pride and arrogance and need to be first. Uh, you know, we have normally associated those things only with one gender, but a lot of that is because women haven't historically been in certain leadership spaces. Well, right. as we start stepping into those spaces more and more, we've got to be careful that, uh, you know, we're as prone to sin as anyone else. So you've got to guard your heart. Right and ensure that those things don't happen because it's sinful for all genders. Um, you know, in the same passage, Paul's talking, you know, let there not be greed amongst you all. And he says, those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. And so right. a lot of that, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying you better nip it in the bud as it keeps happening. And whether, you know, it happened in my 20s or 30s or 40s, now my 50s, approaching 60s, right. you always got to nip it in the bud. Right. But Lisa and I are trying to say to everyone that, oh, there is great joy though, if you can. And what it also helps you to do is keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. Right. And the main thing is the mission and the main thing is the cause. So to me, what a privilege that he lets Lisa and I do this together. I mean, even as we talk now, you know, it's been a season and Lisa's launched her podcast, which is one of the most amazing, amazing, you know, Back Porch Theology podcasts out there. Um, and it's great. So we've had a season where we've just both been focusing on a couple of different things, but we've been on the phone going, okay, right. next year, what are we doing together again? What are we like? We're like, we need to be, we right. miss each other. We need to be back in here doing stuff. Right. Would you agree, Lisa? Oh, 100%. And I think to you, Rachel, it's for women younger like you, and I can tell you're a little behind me because you have such beautiful tight skin, Yeah, which prompting me to sin, but just a little. I think what is so critical is to tell women your age, it is possible to have safe, female, strong friends who will be for you, who will actually accelerate your spiritual maturity and your spiritual efficacy. And it's not true that all women are catty. And I'm less catty right. because of Chris. Right, Mia. Because I've, I've found a safe friend. So I think when you find that, you go, oh, wow. When the psalmist said to wave banners of praise over each other, that isn't just metaphorical. The body of Christ isn't a metaphor. 90, I think it's 96%, but I read recently that 99% of statistics are made up on the spot. So let's just say high 90s. But um, 90 something percent of the biblical imperatives where God tells us to do something are set in the context of community. So it's not a stretch, in my opinion, exegetically to say you will not be effective as a leader if you don't lead in community. Right. If you try to lead in isolation, you are going to run out of runway really, really quick. If you breathe your own exhaust, you're going to get sick really fast. You need to do it in community. Hey everyone, well, you know, without a doubt, the number one thing I've had to work on more than anything else in my entire 35 years of following Jesus is the battle that is happening in my mind. I'm one of those people that is very predisposed to obsessive rumination. And if I am not careful to take every thought captive to the knowledge of God, I can spiral down a black hole like anyone else. You know, people say, Chris, you have got so much of the word that comes out of your mouth. Let me just tell you, it is not any kind of legalistic 
mystic man I'm trying to memorize just out of some rote thing. It is a lifeline for me. I have found that by digging into the Word of God and memorizing scriptures, it has helped to transform my mind and I am daily committed to the process of renewing my mind. Can I just say I know that I'm not the only one. So many of us struggle with this battlefield that we have in our mind. What I've done is I've put together a, a free guide of the scriptures that have most helped me, that I've memorized and that I go to again and again, and very often on a daily basis, in order to keep renewing my mind and bringing it into alignment with the Word of God. And so I wanna make this available to you because I know so many of us are struggling with our thoughts and we've just had a really, really challenging last few years and it's time to bring our thoughts back into captivity to the knowledge of the Word of God so that we can thrive and we can flourish in life. So head over to christinecane.com slash renew to grab your free guide and start renewing your mind today. Yeah. What I hear you guys saying is don't try to be what you are not, but celebrate what you are not. A hundred percent. The things that Chris is that I'm not make me so much better. I can't do most of what she does, but I can cheer and I can go stack cheers. Yeah. I think that helps us too. We grew up on on different continents, a lot of similar stuff in our family of origin, a lot of uh, orphan issues, a lot of abuse issues. So our hearts were already stamped similarly. Then both of us started in youth ministry. Youth ministry, when I was growing up, I mean, there was no such thing as a brand. I thought a brand was Nestle's or Pillsbury. There's no branding. <laughs> there is no social media. And I'm not anti-social media. I just mean I was hoping to get enough gas money to get to the next youth conference. So there wasn't the idolatry of a platform, which has, I think, in some ways, really, it's a unique challenge in this era because there's such an emphasis on individuality that's not biblically defensible. The scripture emphasizes, of course, Jesus first, but then the body, then community. Our emphasis on yep. one personality, one brand, one celebrity, it's not healthy. Yeah. It's not only healthy, it's not biblical. No. And any service we do is for the body in that sense. Right. And there's one body, many parts, and it's God himself that sets every part in place. And I think a lot of the challenges that we're having is there's a lot of displaced and misplaced parts that are kind of saying, I don't want to be, let's, I'm making this up, you know, I don't want to be the elbow. Right. I want to be the knee. Right. And, and then God's like, uh, I made you to be an elbow. And again, I keep coming back to no wonder the scripture keeps telling us, That's right. fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if you keep seeing him, you're grateful to be an elbow. So happy. Right. You you just go, I can't even believe I'm in this body. Like, I, and I literally mean that. I, I go, yeah. I, the same Chris that's here on this podcast today, I can tell you, as the Lord is my witness, I can remember being right. No, nobody, there was no internet when I got saved. There was no no uh, social media. Right. I remember we were renovating a youth center in the back suburbs of Sydney, Australia. Right. I remember I was painting the toilet walls, literally painting the toilet walls. Um, a local paint shop had donated paint, and you know we said, "Give us some free paint, and we'll keep all the kids from smashing your stores." You know, like they, they were like, "Great, it's going to stop youth, you know, crime." So we'll do that. And so they would donate stuff, and I remember literally weeping. I was sitting on the floor, and <laughs> because I'd come from such brokenness and such sin, and I remember crying, going, "Jesus." I can't believe you're letting me paint these walls for you. That's right. I remember like literally 
as I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. And I feel exactly the same like today is I cannot believe uh, Nick and I last night in our local area were down. There was this a friend that I met, a very, very small church plant, beautiful, just people going for Jesus. Nobody knew that I went. We went in our car last night, drove down there in the midst of this majorly busy season in my life. And we're sitting there and celebrating these people and just helping them. And, you know, and I said to Nick as we were driving home, I said, there's nothing else I do with my life. Like this is, there's nowhere else I want to be on a Monday night. Yeah, me neither. There's a handful of people in the back of nowhere seeking Jesus, bawling their eyes out, finding freedom and faith. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. And so uh, what I'm trying to say is God set me in that place, nobody else. And I think when we, when we try to go, I want that place or that place, you've lost sight of Jesus. And that's right. the only thing that can sustain you is Jesus. Right. And so then I go in the same way when Lisa came into my life, thank you, God, that there's someone at my age and stage that I could run with and thank God, I don't even have to make up for my weaknesses because what I've got is someone who yeah. it's their strengths. And so you go, awesome. Lisa will hug. We could be in an arena with 20,000 people. Honestly, Lisa will hug every single one of them. She will be there till four in the morning. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I have, there's only so many bodies I can bring into my bosom. I'm done. Like I'm done and I'm out. And she's like going to be weeping, laying hands on each and every one of them, knows their story. She'll be best friend and having dinner with their grandmother in five states away next week. I mean, I'm not even joking. I'm like, she'll call me. I'm like, I, I can't even, whatever. And so, but you need it all. You do. Here's the bottom line. It's why all the women in those first years of Propel mm-hmm. and the team felt so loved and pastored and shepherded was because Lisa did all of that. Like, I'm like, okay, vision dream. Whoa. Let's go charge hell with a water pistol. Let's get 20 officers in 20 countries. And, and there's a whirlwind. Which I can't do, Rachel, which I can't do. But we don't need, but you, so you only need one person to do that. Oh, me neither. That's why we need her. And Yeah. But that's where, again, I think that if you aren't careful, the focus in modern culture tends to be individuality, privatization, and platform. Mm-hmm. And all of those will suck the life out of you. Yeah. Bigger is not better. If God has set you there, then run hard. Do it to the best of your ability. Do it for his glory. But it's not better. It's actually more isolating. And so if you can't be on the backside of nowhere, praying with people coming to Christ, and you think that you're going to get all your jollies once God promotes you to a big platform and a big book deal. I know you're going to bring all that baggage with you. And that's actually going to be more isolating. And so do it together and do it large or small to the glory of God. Do your best to have fun. Yeah. Life is hard. Choose joy. Choose to be grateful. Suffering and hope. They're not opposite ends of the continuum. There is suffering in this world. Open up your phone. There's some really hard stuff happening. Yes. So be honest about that with other women. Don't pretend like if you just dropped 50 pounds, it was easy and you're just a light eater. Say it was dadgum hard. Be honest with each other and love one another well and choose to prefer each other. I mean, some of this stuff isn't brain surgery. Some of this stuff is just being shaped like Jesus. I agree. And let and, and encourage yeah. each other to grow. Right. You don't stay where you are when you met. That's what sometimes threatens me. I'm thinking yeah. both of us, you know, I got my master's, Lisa's getting her doctorate. We celebrated each other. In fact, no. I would never have thought I could do it, except because I would always preface almost most of my sentences with, 
I'm not a theologian. And, and what would I say? And Lisa would correct me 100% of the time. And what would you say, Lisa? I'd say you every time. Sometimes I would use language that's not in the Bible. But I would, because I'm bigger than her, so I can I can kind of bully her if I need to. Yeah. And I would say, you are absolutely a theologian. Theology comes from the root word. You know this, Rachel. Theos, teos is God. The Greek, logos is words or conversations. So to be a theologian is at its base description is to have conversations about God. You can have wackadoodle theologians who base their understandings and belief of God outside of biblical parameters. Or you have a, a theologian that the Holy Spirit has equipped. Chris is one of the most profound theologians I've ever heard. She has learned some academic semantics and she's gotten some systems and she's gotten some good hermeneutics, better handles by going to Wheaton. She was one of the wisest theological scholars 15 years ago. Yeah. She just has, she just kind of has more scaffolding now. Yeah. But I think we should be lifelong learners. If you don't have the capacity to go to seminary, sit under people who are smarter than you. Yeah. Sit under people who know Jesus, who've walked with Jesus longer. I love seminary. I love learning. I want to model that for my daughter. But you don't have to go to an academic setting. You do need to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. And the best way to keep learning is to listen to back porch theology because you'll you'll <laughs> love uh, yeah, that I was, am sending I you so much feta after this. Feta and olive oil will be on your front door. But it's a great way to learn. I listen to it all the time because you're basically getting free seminary while you're laughing and while it's got such great practical application because nobody needs to know the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic of everything. And nobody needs to know, uh, you know, every detail on every backstory, but we do all need to know, how do I get up on Monday right. and make this work right. in my everyday life? That's why I love back porch theology, right. because you've got all the other with, yeah. and this is what it looks like on Monday and Tuesday mm. and Wednesday. And when you get that email and when you get that doctor's diagnosis and when your yeah. kid goes off the rail and when your spouse walks out, on, he, here is what this is all right. for. And so um, that's why I love it. And that's what I mean about encouraging one another to grow. Now, yeah. that didn't exist when Lisa and I started, but when Lisa's like, man, I feel to do this. And I, I'm like, the conversations we had in, you know, eating really, really bad kind of <laughs> at all hours with what we were doing. Don't let her kid you. She does not eat bad food. I eat bad food. And then she helps me to exercise. <laughs> Chris eats. But with all of that, it was like the world has got to hear this because yeah. it just, and, and then out of that is birth, you know, yeah. the whole Back Porch Theology podcast and then all that goes with that. And so, but Rachel, I wouldn't have done a lot of what I'm doing now. And I shouldn't say that, that dramatically, the Holy Spirit may have used someone else. Chris has been such a conduit for dreams in my life that I wouldn't have had the, I just don't think I would have had the courage to walk forward because I carried shame for so long that I was kind of wobbly when it came to vision. I can believe vision for you. I can speak vision sure. to somebody else's life. Yeah. Chris was the primary voice of my life when it came to adopting my daughter. A loss to adoptions. Missy was very, very, very sick. Her first mama died in Haiti. And several people encouraged me not to adopt Missy because they said she wouldn't live long enough to come home to Tennessee. And the consistent voice in my life that said, God has given you this dream. God will make a way. He will turn mountains into roads for you was Chris Kane. 
That's why my daughter says to my sister that her favorite aunt is Aunt Chris, which was quite awkward. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's not just for leadership and vocational efficacy and ministry that we need each other. We need each other for life. Yeah. I would not be half the mother that I am, and I've got a lot of room to grow. It wasn't for some of the ways Chris has spoken into my life. So it's not a one-note relationship. Sisterhood shouldn't be. Yeah. Sisterhood should be whether you ever have a microphone, whether you ever have a podcast, whether you ever write a book, what can I do for you and with you to help you be shaped more like Jesus? So can I ask one question of you ladies? If you can get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I know you guys are talking so much about the importance of deep friendship, and I could not possibly agree more. And friendships with people who are different from you and gifted different and celebrating and all of these things. But as we mentioned earlier, we've experienced so much cattiness sometimes in friendships. Yeah. How do you keep yourself open? How did how did you stay open to being friends with each other? I wasn't open at first. I was scared. Yeah. I was really afraid of intimacy and mostly afraid that if somebody looked under the hood of my life, they'd be repulsed and walk away. And so I was a really, really good poser with, uh, I look relational because I'm an extrovert and I do hug anything that's not moving. But <laughs> Chris was just, Chris was honest. And Holy Spirit, just from the very beginning, said she's safe. And Chris, pretty early in, saw where all the bodies are buried in my life. And instead of looking down her nose at me or using it as collateral, Chris loved me and spoke the truth to me and helped me heal. And so uh, I, I think it's been God's kindness that I'm a good friend now. There were a lot of years I was more of a poser. I was very friendly and I had a million relationships, but not too many deep relationships because I was so afraid. There were people who thought they were close to me, but I, I was afraid. I was afraid of intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. So I was a really good poser. And so for me, deep friendship has been about trusting Jesus. And it took trust in Jesus in the dark. And he sent people like Chris who weren't afraid of the dark and would sit there with me in the basement. And that's how I learned to be a safe friend. That and lots of therapy. And for me, she was a heck of a lot more fun. Yeah, she's had a lot of therapy. She, and, and it's a two for one deal because her therapist vicariously counsels me too because she tells me. <laughs> because Lisa passes on all of that wisdom. And I think, you know, we came from two, there's two different accents, as you could tell, the, the Tennessean one and the Aussie one. But Lisa, you know, what was going, I'm not minimizing at all what was going on internally in her, but she was always a very kind and great friend and loved me. I mean, I was moving countries and she just like was in our lives, you know, like I was leaving an entire Australia friendship base and starting from scratch. And so God brought Lisa in at such a great time. I loved her. She was never threatened or intimidated, which was so beautiful. People sometimes when they presume certain things because of certain personality types, either keep a distance and don't realize how much encourage we're just people. So, so her, just her right. encouragement, her buoyancy, her let's do life together, it meant the world. So then when I did, you know, a few years in, there was a couple of times in my life from left field uh, outside of our friendship, I really got sort of blindsided 
to the point one of them in particular, one of the incidents possibly could have resulted in just me tapping out. It just it was just the pain. It unearthed some deeper wounds in my life, but it, it triggered so much trauma for me. And Lisa, because of the years that had gone into that, was just so safe. And to this day, I mean, it's it's been years since then. Um, just has never just in any way, kind of, I've never taken any of my weakest moments and used them against me in any way, shape or form and just loved me, gave me great counsel through it and just let me be a human through it and gave me some tools on how to heal and be whole. You know, you you can't buy that off a shelf. (laughs) You can't can't buy that off a shelf anywhere. And and you also can never forget that for ever in your whole life. So it goes a long way when someone can see you beyond what you do. Yeah. And wants you to continue to heal and to grow and to become all God's created you to become. And so anyway, oh, we could talk forever and, you know, I have to stop. No, but Chris, well, I know we have to stop, but I'll tell you what you just said. I think somebody needs to hear, especially in the, um, the community of Propel Women. You have so many extraordinarily gifted, strong women yeah. that you encourage, that you shepherd, that you're really breathing life into you. And I think strong women, sometimes culture marginalizes us in the same way they would a weak woman. And there's a stereotype that a strong woman is also uh, strident. And there's a way that culture tends to minimize a strong woman and even make those traits that God has given her uh, derogatory, paint them with a a punitive brushstroke. Yep. To be a truly strong woman, you have to never, don't prostitute your softness because of your gift. And I think oftentimes people see somebody like Chris, who is so obviously gifted, and they miss her heart. Yep. And so I would say for any of the women who listen to you, who really align with Propel, if you are a strong woman who's leading, and maybe God is even increasing your visibility as an older, much older woman who's made a lot of mistakes, I would say, Man, don't do any of that and exclude your heart. Jesus wants your heart and your gifts in tandem. He wants your heart and your mind in tandem. So don't don't minimize the needs of your heart because that doesn't fit the persona of a strong woman. A truly strong woman is as soft as she is strong. Well, what a beautiful way <laughs> to end episode right. one. Neither Rachel or I want to go. We like Lisa keep talking, but you can listen to Lisa every week, all the time. And um, she'll actually go a little bit longer on her podcast. So make sure that you do it. <laughs> Back Porch Theology, because it is just, uh, truly is incredible. And you already hear her heart and you can understand why I love her with all my heart. So on that note, I, I just want to thank everyone. I know that we've told you all that these podcasts will be short and sweet and they will after this one. But this is our inaugural one. <laughs> so, this one was always going to be just a glimpse under the hood and um, I want you all to see that. So you know, you can get all of Lisa's details. They're listed and tagged in the description of this episode. And I just strongly encourage you, um, get all the things and follow all the things. And so keep up with her because there's a reason she's so close to me. I just, I love her wisdom and I love her heart. So thanks for joining us. All of you guys, you know that I love you dearly. And thanks for uh, coming on this adventure with us. We'll see where it takes us. It's going to be fun. I promise you. And we'll see you here next week on the Propel Women's Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
We are so glad that you chose to hang out with us on the Propel Women Life and Leadership Podcast. You can connect with us at propelwomen.org or on social media at Propel Women. Remember, you can find details on today's episode as well as some small group discussion questions in the description of this episode. We'd love to hear from you. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and we'll see you back here next week.